Everybody, I'm John Buffon, and I am back for my sixth year here at the barroom. Honest to God, when I started at the barroom, the number one movie in America was Finding Dory. That's how long I've been around here at the barroom. But it's schedule release day, so you know I can't miss that. I grew up near Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, so I love to prognosticate. Yes, I did work in a Groundhog Day joke there. But in just a few minutes, Aldo Gandia and Danny Shimon will join me to do a deep dive into the 2022 sh- uh, schedule. For the Chicago Bears, but if you will indulge me for just a little while, I'd like to take the first crack at this schedule. So let's go ahead and put up that full screen graphic. Yes, there's the spaceships are back for the primetime game. Auto Gondia sticking with tradition there. We got the spaceships. They're supposed to be spotlights. They're spaceships. I don't care what you say. Uh, and if you're listening to the audio version, have no fear. I will paint such a clear picture with my words. You'll feel like you're watching the show as well. So Let's go over the 2022 Chicago Bears football schedule. Very interesting schedule. If you look at this just holistically, uh, kind of a class of 21 reunion for Justin Fields. Week one right off the bat gets to uh, go head-to-head with um, Trey Lance of San Francisco, Davis Mills week three, uh, Mac Jones in week seven, and then Zach Wilson week 12. So, of course, the national pundits are going to be weighing the value of all these quarterbacks depending on how they play against each other, uh, unjustly so, by the way. But you're going to see a lot of uh, comparisons there. Is Trey Lance better than Fields? Is Fields better than Zach Wilson? Did the Patriots make the right decision? So get ready for all those fun storylines as we progress through the season and and once again primetime games if you've listened to me on this network before you know that I despise the Bears in primetime whenever they're not a very good squad but uh, that's neither here nor there so let's just go ahead and just look at this schedule and see how many wins uh, at least I think the Bears will get how many how many wins you do you think the Bears are going to get this year but let's go ahead and look at the schedule week one I think, listen, it's the first game where Trey Lance is the unequivocal starter in San Francisco. Uh, he's going to be the man. He, uh, that's granted if they don't if they trade Jimmy Garoppolo. That's, <laughs> that hasn't happened yet, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Trey Lance. He's going to go to Chicago. Uh, Justin Fields has more playing experience. However, uh, I think that uh, from top to bottom, the San Francisco 49ers have more talent. They have, uh, they had just from, they're going to be able to go in and win on the road week one. Uh, so I think the Bears start 0 1. And then I don't need to give you too much uh, analysis on week two. I hate, I hate, I hate when the Bears have to go into primetime Sunday night into Green Bay. I can't stand watching that. They got to go against Aaron Rodgers. Now, listen. The weapons in Green Bay have taken a step back. They lose Devontae Adams. We're not sure about what their wide receiver core is going to look like. Do I think the Green Bay Packers are a Super Bowl contender this year? No. Do I think they're good enough to beat the Chicago Bears at home? Yeah, I do. So I think the Bears start out 0-2. 
And then I think that, and, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say, I think the bears are going to beat the Texans at home in week three. The Texans are kind of a tire fire. They got a plenty of picks from the Deshaun Watson trade and Davis Mills has shown some sparks, I guess, but I think that they can go, they can hold their own against the Texans at home. So I got them at one and two. Then things get a little loose. I think that they can go on the road and beat the Giants. The Giants, I think they had a pretty good draft, but I think that the Bears can beat them. I think the Giants are not a very good football team. So I think that they can go in week four and beat the Giants, have a little two-game win streak there, and uh, even it up at two and two. And then I think that they're going to end up splitting with the Vikings this year, one and one there. So uh, let's just say, let's just give them a loss on the road week five against the Vikings. Um, I I mean, new coach, new GM, same Kirk Cousins, uh, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, all those guys. Uh, So I I think they're going to split with the Vikings. I think they lose um, in week five. And then here's the the thing. Then Thursday night against uh, the Washington Commanders. We're going to have to get used to saying that. I just, I finally got used to saying Washington football team, and now I got to say Washington Commanders. So I think Thursday night at home is a bigger advantage than what people give it credit for because it's a short week and the other team's got to travel on a short week. And Washington on paper seems like they're a good team. They bring in Carson Wentz, they have uh, Terry McLaurin, they draft Jahan Dotson. They seem like they should be a pretty good football team. I haven't seen it yet, though. It's one of those things where they should be a good team, but they're just not really there. So I think that the Bears can defend their home field on Thursday night football against Washington. And in the first six games, I have the Bears going three and three. And then things get a little bit muddy. Uh, then they gotta, then they gotta go to uh, New England, up in New England on Monday Night Football. Don't love that. Uh, do I think the the Patriots are world beaters? No. Uh, I think it should be an interesting matchup between Mac Jones and Justin Fields. But uh, I think the Patriots can probably uh, scratch out a win at home against the Bears. Same with the the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think they're great. I think they probably took a step back this year. I think they're good enough to uh, to win at home against the Chicago Bears. So uh, I think they start three and three, then I have them going three and five. But you know what? There's some there is some sunlight at the uh, end of this tunnel here because you got Week Nine against Miami at home. And I know a lot of people are up on Miami. They're excited about Miami. They got Tyreek Hill. They got Mike Kosicki at tight end. They add to uh, Jalen Waddle that's already there. They got a new coach uh, that everyone is, finds quirky and fun, and I do I do as well. But Miami's another one of those teams, much like Washington, where it's just like, don't tell me, show me. Are, are we sure that, that Tua is going to take the next step? Are we sure he's going to be able to utilize all these weapons he has here? So I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to believe it until I see it that Miami is all of a sudden a big time contender. So I, I think that the Bears can actually beat the Dolphins at home. And then I think that they can beat the Lions at home. So what that means is the Bears are five and five going against two really bad teams. The 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 Falcons are in a complete rebuild. Marcus Mariota is their starter. They got some good uh good weapons with Kyle Pitts and they got a couple high draft picks, but I think that they can certainly go into Atlanta and beat the Falcons. And then the Jets, although they also had a very good draft, are about a year away. And then Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, another one of those uh, you know, second year quarterback head-to-head competitions there. I'm I maybe call me Overly optimistic, which usually people don't call me overly optimistic on the barroom. So normally I'm the curmudgeon when it comes to this stuff. But I have the Bears at seven and five going into week 13. 
I know that sounds crazy, but I just think that if things break the right way, they can be seven and five. I think they get swept by the Packers. They lose week 13, which makes them seven and six. A really weird time for a bye, really late bye. Week 14 is the bye week where if you're a playoff team, that's great. You're getting some late rest as you're getting ready for a playoff push. I don't think the Bears are going to be in a playoff push, although I do have them, you know, seven and six up to that point. Uh, And then week 15, I think Philadelphia is going to be a good team. I don't really need to elaborate too much on the Christmas Eve game against Buffalo. Could they have given us a worse Christmas present than to put Buffalo uh, (laughs) as the Christmas Eve game? So at that point, I have them at, uh, let's see, seven and six, seven and seven, seven and eight. And I think they're going to split those games in week 17 and week 18 with the Lions and the Vikings. Uh, I think that they're so honestly, that's a lot of talking to say that I think the Bears are going to top out around eight and nine this year. Is that overly optimistic? It is not optimistic enough. That all that to say that I hate that it's going to be, I, I hate that I predicted eight and nine because if you look at this schedule and you're confident in your football team, If you think the Bears are a real good football team, this is a real juicy schedule to look at. You see a lot of wins on this schedule if you feel like your team is formidable. Now, does that – listen, if you listen to any of these shows in the the past couple years – I said that I thought the Bears should have tried to rebuild last year, get rid of uh, Pace and uh, Nagy last year, and start and get that rebuild started a a year early so the new GM and the new head coach – could have a little more control about how this is going to get rebuilt, but that's neither here nor there. We can't keep crying about what happened last year, two years ago, although it might slip in every once in a while, but uh, I, I have this team at eight and nine, which if you, if you say your team's in a complete rebuild, but you're able to go eight and nine, that ain't too bad. And then you also have a couple of lottery tickets that you can maybe cash in on. Maybe one of these receivers actually turns into something that they, that they, that they signed the, the Dante Pettis, the Tajay Sharp, uh, maybe Jones Jr. just sets the league on fire a- as a rookie. Uh, Darnell Mooney takes the next step. Maybe Cole Komet uh, becomes Justin Fields' number one target this year. I mean, I'm just throwing out things that might happen, might not happen on the more unlikely side, but they could. And so if things break the right way, maybe you're eight and nine, nine and eight. But I'm just, I'm, 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 a, I'm just a little upset that the Bears aren't in a better position to take advantage of this schedule. But I do have them at eight and nine. This seems like a pretty good time to bring in the rest of the guys over at the bar room. I'm going to bring in uh, Aldo Gandia. He was the guy who put up that graphic that everyone seems to love. And I love it myself. I love it. I love the spaceship graphic. I love the home and away graphic. I absolutely adore what you were able to do there, Aldo. And I think you're buttering me up with that Buffon 55 hoodie you got on as well. So oh, I appreciate it. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. I came down to here to, to the basement. It was like five below. <laughs> now that we put the air conditioner on, it, it's gotten so cold <laughs> here. And so I reached for a hoodie and, hey, Buffon 55 right here. <laughs> uh, they'll keep you warm. And that's it. It's great. It's great marketing. So, Aldo, normally you're the overly optimistic one whenever we talk about this stuff. I have them at eight and nine. Do you, are you feeling better or not as good, positive, negative? Where do you see, and, and why, once again, way too early to have a real strong opinion on this stuff, but uh, where do you, where do you, where do you see this uh, shaking out? Well, you're absolutely right. It's, it is way too early to have a strong opinion on it, but before I give you my opinion on it, I want to say 
Thank you for coming back for season number six of uh, of Buffon 55 and Bear Football and everything else that you do here at the Barroom Network. While you've been away uh, enjoying your offseason, I have had so many questions. Where's John? Is John coming back? What's going on with John? I miss John and so forth. And you saw some of the comments uh, in the uh, chat area. So I am so happy to announce that you're back for uh, season num- number six, and uh, we're going to have a blast this year. I don't care what the record is, whether you're right you're or right. I'm right or whoever's right, we're going to have fun this year because this is a, a new era in Chicago Bears football, and there's hope for the future. It may not be the near future, but it's certainly there is ho- a reason for hope. All right, here's some thoughts that I want to share with you regarding uh, the schedule. First of all, I do think that we could steal that week one game because uh, of the quarterback the 49ers are going to put uh, in uh, at the starting lineup. So that's a potential steal at home. And then things get a little bit tricky. The Sunday night football game doesn't look good. Uh, the Texans, uh, we could be two and one after week three. But this is where I start to get a little leery with the schedule. Week four, week five, week seven, and week eight, four road games, and the only home game in between there is one on Thursday night. So when they're done at Minnesota, they ha- they travel home for a very short week, and they've got to get ready for that Washington uh, Commanders game. And then they go out on the road to play the New England Patriots, who are always tough no matter who's at quarterback. And then the Dallas Cowboys, and then their first home game back is against a Miami Dolphins team that has really stacked up their lineup uh, to really aid Tua uh, become the franchise quarterback they thought he was when they drafted him. So that's what concerns me first and foremost is that by the time uh, we get to the middle of the season, we could uh, see maybe two out of three victories to start things off with, but then get really really iffy there. I think we can beat the Giants, but it just scares me now that, you know, we've got all of these road games and uh, and then the two home games that follow are, or the one in the middle, the Commanders, and the one that brings us back home, the Dolphins, I think are going to be tough games. Uh, Detroit, sorry, yeah. Don Burr, if you're out in the chat room, I, <laughs> the, the Bears are definitely going to beat Detroit. But what do you think about my concerns there with the first half of the schedule? Oh, I, I think they're legitimate, and uh, I think that you're right that the, being on the road and then your first uh, home game back is on a Thursday night. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's, I think this this season is going to be very much a uh, a, a season of runs. And when I say that, I mean I think there's going to be losses and wins stacked together in twos and threes because I think that, in, in my opinion, they could lose the first two games and then potentially win the next two or three. Uh, and then, and then they could potentially lose, uh, maybe they do lose that Thursday night game and then they lose to new England and, uh, the Cowboys, uh, but, and maybe the dolphins, but you, I think there's a real opportunity in week 10, 11, and 12 to go on a three game winning streak between the lions, the Falcons and the jets. I think that you can really bolster your season there with a three game winning streak. And if you make a little bit of hay in the first or maybe the second quarter of the season, if you're able to beat the Giants and maybe you go on the road and you beat the, the Vikings and you hold ground against uh, Washington uh, at home, then all of a sudden you put together two three-game winning streaks uh, before week 12, and that at least get, keeps you in that term that I absolutely hate, in the hunt. But there's <laughs> listen, there's the difference between being in the hunt last year and being in the hunt 
this year. I think context is going to be key because in the hunt last year was kind of a joke because you know this, you knew that the current regime was going all in and they were trying to win. They were on their last legs and they were trying to make one last ditch effort to have a competitive football team in the hunt this year means maybe you're overperforming on a team that's in a rebuilt mode in a rebuild mode that traded Khalil Mack that uh, is, is obviously revamping the wide receiver uh, wide receiving core a little bit is going to have a different looking defense, a new head coach, a new GM. So I think that, in the hunt last year was just irritating. I hated that term because this team was going nowhere fast with the current uh, with the current GM and the head coach. In the hunt this year means okay, they're showing a little bit of spark, and I, I can definitely see a win in three, four, and potentially five. That's the Texans, the Giants, and uh, and the Vikings. And the, and then I did predict that they are going to win uh, against Washington on Thursday night football. So I maybe uh, listen. I'm not normally. The you know sunshine and rainbows. The bears are going to come out. That that that's not. Maybe I've been gone too long. Maybe maybe it's maybe maybe throughout this hibernation, I've somehow become more positive. And you know, week two, that's going to come crashing back down. Where it's like this team's garbage. They're going to lose every game. So we'll we'll see. But I just think that if you look at the schedule, and that's why, like I said earlier, I'm a little irritated because you look at that schedule and like, damn, if the bears were a little bit better. Mm-hmm. They could seriously make some hay in with that schedule. Now, if they were better, maybe they wouldn't have the schedule they have right now. But uh, that's but that's neither here nor there. I, I think that I'm not going to say that I don't think they're a playoff team by any stretch. But we have some people in here thinking that they could be in the playoff hunt. Do you see any any avenue here where the Bears are? you know, week 17 and they need to beat the Lions and the Vikings to get into the playoffs. Do you see any scenario there? Because in my scenario, if they would win, if they would win those last two games, they would finish nine and eight rather than eight and nine. Let's not forget they have, they have, we have that bonus playoff spot now for the last two years that the Bears took advantage of that first year, which probably saved Matt Nagy's job, but that's neither here nor there again, not here to talk about the past. But (laughs) I think that, is there a scenario there where if they and maybe against Detroit and the Vikings where you say they win this, they got a chance? You know, I, I I'm wavering, I'm vacillating here. You know, could this be a playoff team? Is this you know a team that we should really expect to be disappointed that way? If we're not, we're, we're pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm listening to or reading some of these comments, and like sophisticated thoughts says, only quarterbacks that are dangerous on this list are Rodgers, Allen, and Dak. Ryan says only Allen and Rodgers are the scary quarterbacks on this schedule, and that gives me hope, and also makes me perhaps understand why the Chicago Bears elected to go with the defensive backs in round two with their first two picks to solidify this defense because, you know, uh, they can take advantage of teams with weak quarterbacks, Jared Goff, and, uh, and, and, and stack up turnovers against these types of quarterbacks. So maybe the, the thing is, is there's still a, a lack of depth on the offensive line. We don't know who the left tackle is. We don't know who the right guard is. Uh, the uh, Despite the signing of two wide receivers, uh, 
last night, Dante Pettis and Tajay Sharp, I believe is the pronunciation of his first name. That's not going to scare anybody. Do you remember? <laughs> We've talked about this before, John. Remember that one season where the Bears were signing guys in the middle of the season? Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they 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 traded for that guy from San Diego, uh, well, Dontrell Enman. Uh, they had Marcus Wheaton, uh, mm-hmm. Kendall Wright. I can't believe I remember these guys' names. But yeah, it was just like this. It was the island of misfit wide receivers, and you're kind of seeing the same thing uh, this year with the signing of David Moore and Tajay Sharp and mm-hmm. um, and uh, who the hell are we Dante Pettis. And so, listen, this is kind of what Paul said he was going to do. He was going to find guys who were hungry on prove it contracts. Um, so you're holding a bunch of lottery tickets there because you got guys that, and even St. Brown for for the most part, and even Pringle to an extent. Where Absolutely. if you don't produce for this team you're probably not going to get a significant contract after this, especially with Tajay Sharp and Dante Pettis, who kind of flamed out. Now, they, now Dante Pettis had an all right uh, rookie season. He was a second-round pick. He was, uh, I think uh, Greg Gabriel had him as high as his number four receiver in the entire draft that year. Yeah. And so, you know, th- there was potential there. So sometimes if you can jumpstart that and all of, some, all of a sudden something clicks, then you then – you got a great value with a guy that you're just on a, on a short term or a, a, a low paying deal. Uh, but as we've seen, sometimes none of them work out. So there's a reason why some of them are only going to take one year contracts. Some maybe Tajay Sharp doesn't even make the squad. <laughs> maybe, maybe Dante Pettis gets cut. Uh, maybe uh, Pringle. I mean, he hasn't had a great off season already. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, maybe something doesn't work out there. St. Brown maybe doesn't find like, there's always these, all of these guys have the potential and they had the talent right. and, but haven't, haven't really, haven't really uh, shown it much in the NFL at this point. But listen, a lot of this depends on the progress of Justin Fields too. Yep. If, if Justin Fields takes a big step and I know that he needs, you know, weapons to help him progress, but a lot of it is on his personal progression as well. They're changing his mechanics. He's, you know, dropping back on a different foot now or whatever, whatever they're doing. <laughs> uh, if, and if they find a system with Luke Getty that get that really utilizes what he does best. I think I saw a stat that Justin Fields was what 11 of 13 on passes where he was rolling out last year. And the first thing that came to mind is why the hell did he only throw it 13 times when he was rolling out? (laughs) Oh, this is working. Let's never do it. (laughs) So that, that, that that kind of shows you that that they did not utilize Justin Fields in the right way last Mm -hmm. year. He does. So he he does really well when he rolls out of the pocket, he can be mobile. Why do you not use a mobile? Why do you draft a mobile mobile quarterback? If you, if you're not going to let him be mobile. Uh, And so I, I think that if he is able to take the next step in his progression, then all of a sudden you look at some of these matchups and you say, the bears have the advantage at quarterback. And that's what ultimately that's what you're hoping for. And you're hoping that you get another strong year out of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I think they have a great one, two punch in the backfield, very underrated backfield. I love the backfield last year with Khalil Herbert and and David Montgomery showing that they could both be workhorses if they needed to be. And and they're going to, I thought that they should maybe take the Cleveland Browns approach where they have uh, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt back there and just pound guys in the face, just beat these teams up. Now you need an offensive line for that. But I think that if they are able to do that, then uh, they can open up a lot of space for burners like St. Brown and Mooney. If you're mm-hmm. able to draw people in because you're going to, you're going to pound the rock, then you can go up top. And, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's, 
there's a lot of things that need to, we're looking at this and listen, it's May. So there's a lot of things that has to, that have to shake out to that point. Uh, and you're hoping that fields takes the next step. You're hoping that this mash offensive line kind of figures it out. You hope that Luke Getze has a good offensive system. You hope that the transition over to Eberflus's defense goes smooth with the, with some of the current guys. You hope that those young guys in the secondary are able to hold it down very early uh, in the season. There's a lot of hope. And I think that's going to probably going to be the, the, (laughs) the common theme here is like, you're hoping that a lot of things happen because let's, let's face it. There aren't a lot of definites with this team right now. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's good because there were a lot of definites last year that were bad. There was, there was some of those like this, this, we definitely have the wrong coach. We definitely don't have the right personnel to win. We definitely don't have the right offensive scheme. We so I, I'd rather have a bunch of hopes than a lot of bad definites, and hopefully those hopes turn into good definites. And hey, there's our buddy Don Burr. He's here. Uh, so, so, yeah, he's got occasional predictions. Uh, two, two, two and fifteen. <laughs> well, they're gonna beat. The, they're gonna beat the Lions twice at least. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, there's just a lot of hope. Um, I guess hope's the right word. I guess it's just I think un- it is. No, no. Yeah. I, I is, think is, it, is it hope? Like, are you, I mean, are you positive? Are you? Do you feel good about a lot of the unknowns with this team? Yeah, I, I feel really good about a lot of the unknowns. I think you know one of the things that I'm most impressed about is that the Bears uh, hierarchy, uh, starting with their general manager, made it a point to hire really good teachers. And when I heard uh, these press conferences over the last past weekend of the special teams coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator. These guys really made a lot of sense and and talked about utilizing players' strengths to come up with game plans and develop an offense and defense. Ooh, what a novel idea, man. <laughs> um, and um, also talked about the process of learning and figuring out ways that that particular player that they're talking one-on-one to, to how, how does he learn best and trying to reach that player and to continually communicate things over and over and over again. I've been in the uh, communications game for decades, and that's the secret to effective communications. John, you know it too. You've been in this game for a long time. How do you, how, uh, what, what are the three rules of communicating? Tell them uh, what you want them to do. Tell them again and then tell them another time. Yeah, that's the way, you know, repetition, repetition, repetition. And so these coaches are all saying the right things. Now, not well, well, we of course have to see the game planning and make sure, you know, we all had high hopes for Matt Nagy's game planning after he did the razzle dazzle plays early in the season. But um, what I'm hoping is that particularly on the offense is that Luke Getze is going to be committed to the run because we definitely have strength and depth there. And that will, that always helps out an offensive line that they're moving forward and punishing the defense and that they strike deep and long, something that Justin Fields is also very good at. And they've got plenty of speed. And I know a lot of people were upset with Valus Jones. Who is this guy? I, I saw him. He was 20th on the board for the, the uh, uh, subscription that I have of wide receivers. And, and uh, you know, the, the fact that it matters is that when you look at this tape, this guy's an explosive player. He does things after the catch. Get the ball into his hands. He makes people miss. He, uh, you know, he's, he's the type of player that can help out a young quarterback. Uh, and, of course, we already know 
the connection that Fields has with Darnell Mooney, and it probably is going to be even stronger because those guys have been working together during the offseason. So things like that give me a lot of hope. But I'm, I'm trying to temper my expectations only because I do believe that um, while other teams in the division may not have improved dramatically, I do think even the Lions, uh, I, I think, and we'll go do a, a, a game-by-game breakdown of all the opponents coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Danny Shimon is, is getting his microphone ready. He was taking care of some personal business. He'll, he'll be with us shortly. Um so we'll do a breakdown real quickly of all all the games, but even the Lions have improved. I know the Packers have lost Devontae Adams, but they've done things on the defensive side of the football that should improve their team overall. Uh, they may not be the high-scoring team that we have uh, encountered in the past, but uh, their defense should be improved. And then the Vikings are the Vikings. You know, the Vikings can surprise, although I think we've won five of the last six against the Vikings. I'd love to see that streak going and the streak that we currently have against the Lions. We'll see, man. If we if we could pick up five victories out of the NFC North, uh, that would be huge starting point for me, man. And and maybe yeah. steal that game against the 49ers in week one. Man, I'd be a happy soldier. Look, there's a lot of for even if you don't think the Bears are gonna be good this year, there's a lot of awesome storylines. And I and I and I buy into that just as much as I if I don't think the Bears are gonna be good, I at least want to see good drama. I want to see yeah. good storylines play out. And so having Trey Lance and Justin Fields on the field week one at Soldier Field, I think is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Having having him play a lot of the the guys that he came out in the draft with. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I assume the Texans are still gonna be with Davis Mills. Uh I think and then you have Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, all these guys who were, you know, uh, taken in the same draft, a couple of uh, two of them taken before Justin Fields. So I think that the, you, you look at some of the, the drama they can have on here. Of course, how are the Packers going to look? If you could, if the Bears steal one from the Packers, maybe it doesn't change the Bears season, but it could potentially torpedo the Packers season. Ooh, and that's, nice. you know, at, at, at that point. That might be just as good uh, because of, it's because of where the Bears might be. Uh, mm-hmm. How are the Lions going to be in the second year uh, of that new regime? Are they going to be biting kneecaps like they promised they're going to be doing? Uh, how and then they and then you look at the Vikings where uh, you know it's, it sounded like they really wanted Ryan Poles and Ryan Poles chose the Bears and so mm-hmm. it's you got some of the drama there between did the Vikings make the right decision or did the Bears make the right decision so there's plenty of things to look into uh whenever whenever you look at this season and, and a point that you made uh about Jones Jr about whenever they drafted him uh a lot of the hate that was coming out on him was that he was turning 25 uh after the draft and I, and I get it that's a, that's an older rookie uh <laughs> I don't by listen there's a there's an argument to be made against it and but i think the wrong argument is being made because if this is a guy that you think is going to help your team quickly he is explosive after after the catch and he can be a great returner and maybe he can be like a mini debo samuel for your team or whatever then yeah i feel fine i would rather i would rather you take a 24 going to be 25 year old prospect who you think you really like as opposed to a 23 year old that you're not sure about if they feel that strongly about him then go for it now if you want to make the argument that you're a little scared because he may have only been productive in his last year of college when he was hands down more mature than the guys that he was playing against maybe or maybe he only had a more productive year whenever he was in his fourth or fifth year of college go ahead and make that argument there's that that i think that's valid but to just 
But to just rag on it because of the age, I think is a little misguided because I think if you really like the guy, then you go and get him and maybe he can be a shot in the arm to an offense that's going to need a shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darnell Mooney is, a, is an electrifying player, uh, but th- they're they're lacking playmakers right now. They mm-hmm. have solid players in Montgomery and Herbert, and you're hoping Cole Komet can do something in his third year. But they need guys who are explosive with the football. And if you feel like the, if you feel like that, that's going to be the guy, then go ahead. I, I, so what? I mean, it, it, he's going to maybe have to get his new con. Maybe you get him in his prime, and then you don't have to extend him then because you get a mm-hmm. if you get him for four years, and then he's going to be thirty. And then you're like, okay, well, we we got four four great years out of him. That's great. And the, for a third great. round pick, can't you can't we can't ask for much more out of that. I mean, mm-hmm. in, unless he's an absolute superstar, then you struck gold in the third round. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them as much guff as a lot of other people have about you know drafting a senior citizen as a as a as a rookie because if he comes in and plays and he plays well, mm-hmm. I don't give a crap if you're 25, 35, 105. I, if you're playing well. Then you're gonna you're then you're playing well, and that's what the Bears need playmakers right now. So uh, I look at that. It, you know, one one thing though, Aldo, that I think has been everyone's talking about the offense. Everyone's talking about Justin Fields and the receivers. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this defense looks. Uh, it's going to be a new look defense. Going to be a lot of new personnel. Uh, are, are we sure? I mean, we're we're hoping that the secondary plays well with these these young guys that they drafted but there's going to be a there's the the linebacking core is going to look very different uh the defensive line is going to look different in fact they're i mean they changed it they're going to 4-3 now so, and, and i know that teams don't stay in their base defense all the time i think the, the nickel is probably a lot more common now in, in today's nfl but just right. in their base defense it's going to look different you look at the linebackers they brought in is, is morrow going to be your star is your starting quarter uh uh, linebacker and Matthew Adams or those uh, those guys. I know that they're Eberflus guys and they probably know the system well. But how are they going to transition? And I think the defense there is going to be a very interesting storyline throughout this year because Eberflus is a defensive is a defensive coach mm-hmm. and he's bringing a very strong system, very strong work ethic, a very strong attitude there. So you're hoping that it catches fire quickly, but it might take this team you know, four or five weeks to really gel, especially some of the guys who were used to playing in the old defense. So um, it, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm, that's a, I'm, I'm interested to see how the defense looks as much as I am the offense. Uh, Danny Shimon is uh, uh, ready to join us. I just want to make a quick point before he, he jumps in. One of the really cool things about all these young players that we've picked up is that they all talk like veterans. They have, all of them have leadership capabilities. Many of them were captains on their football team. These are the kinds of guys who you don't worry about so much during week four, five, six, seven, eight, where four out of the five games are on the road because these guys are, are, are you know, uh, Valus Jones shows up in a suit to a uh, uh, rookie mini camp and has his own whiteboard. And uh, uh, Jaquan Brisker is talking about how he wants to be a leader on this team that he knows he can't walk in and be a leader right away that he has to learn his job but he wants to become a leader of this team there are so many examples of 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 the culture changing with the chicago bears and so some of these tough parts of the schedule aren't as scary as they might have been before where we had so many questions all right let's bring him in here now uh danny shimon how are you brother hey guys what's going on Danny, good to see you, buddy. Um, We're we're here to break down the schedule because it's never. What's the breakdown? 17 and 0, baby. What's the breakdown? (laughs) All right. 
Thanks for Do joining it. us. We're going to sign <laughs> off. Uh, Danny, appreciate you jumping on. No, no listen, you told me you I, were doing uh, family business, not out drinking. Uh, <laughs> well, well, sometimes I, I, family I business wanna... and drinking kind of coincide. Oh, I see. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, I gave a kind of a 17,000 feet view of the schedule. I said that the Bears could potentially go eight and nine the way I look at it. Uh, and it's for me, that's unfortunate because I look at the schedule and it's a juicy schedule if you have a good mm -hmm. football team. But right. I don't know how good. There's just too many unknowns about the Bears for me to uh, say they're going to be 10 and seven and get into the wild card round or they're going to compete for the division or anything of that nature. So I do want to I do want to kind of plug your knowledge a little bit because you you understand some of these rookies. You understand some of the key additions that uh, that not just the Bears have, but some of these teams in general have. So, although let's go ahead and just start at week one, because I think this is a very interesting matchup. A lot of people think they could steal this game against the San Francisco 49ers at home. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, showdown of the draft class. You see some of these key additions and key losses for the 49ers. Danny, how do you see this 49ers team shaking out, especially week one, because they kind of have a little bit of an unknown at quarterback as well? Yeah, that's the thing. When I saw the schedule come out on the 49ers, man, you don't want one of the you know the, the favorites, the heavy favorites in the NFC to be your week one opponent, especially if you're you know new, new coaching staff, Matt Eberflus and all those guys. So but, you know, we see crazy things happen, right, on week one. That's when teams really are just kind of coming out of coming out of training camps. You know, some teams rest their starters for all three weeks of training camp and, and preseason, I should say. Uh, so, you know, th crazy things happen, right? And then, and then touch on a great point there, John, is, is 49ers are probably going to be breaking in a rookie quarterback or second-year quarterback, but more like a rookie who's, you know, barely so Trey Lance on the road, you know, and, and then obviously I think the Bears are going to come up hyped up, pumped up to go ahead and try and make, make a, you know, uh, an early statement here versus the 49ers. So this could be going either way. Now, initial reaction, when the schedule first comes out, I just kind of go through it real quick. I just put on gut feelings, you know, loss, win, loss, win. Now, I did mark this as a loss just because I, I feel like the 49ers obviously are the better team here. But I just, I just think, you know, week one, you never know what happens. Crazy stuff happens. And, you know, like the, the Bills lost to, I forgot who it was, the Jets or something like that. Some some crazy upsets. Every every week one or every NFL season, you see some crazy upsets where teams heavy favorites just end up losing. So, you know, I'm not saying they're going to lose, you know, lose for sure. But like I said, there are some things in the Bears' favor. You know, a, a new coaching staff, defense are going to be probably full of young guys, hungry of course, that also means they could be making mistakes as well. But if you flip it over to the 49 side, we talked about Trey Lance making his first start on the road, most likely, you know, will be on the road. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, initially I say loss. Uh, you know, I don't want to see 49ers and Packers, especially at, at the road, you know, at Lambeau Field week two, first two, two, two weeks of the season. But, uh, you know, that's how the, the, I guess, the cookie crumble, as they say. So, yeah, and exactly. I, ahead, I just wanted to ask Danny about these two rookies at the top of the list of the additions. Drake Jackson, frankly, I didn't do much study on him. Uh, I, I, frankly, I don't think I did any study on uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, who I heard is an outstanding running back. But what kind of an impact do you think these two young players can make on this 49ers team, uh, particularly because they were a really good running team last year, but they lost Lakeland, Lakeland Tomlinson, who was one of these outside zone uh, uh, offensive linemen that I was hoping the Bears would take a look at. Yeah, you know, believe it or not, Tomlinson is, is a guy that's been up and down in his career. He, you know, a first round pick out of Duke. I, I really didn't don't think he's he's that all that great. I know he had a couple of solid seasons with the 49ers, but I think in that that kind of scheme, athletic athletic linemen do look better. But uh, you know, just going touching on your initial question with Drake Jackson, 
you know, he's a he's a, a tweener kind of guy, an edge guy that that at USC was a highly uh, recruited uh, edge rusher. Came in, you know, I had a solid, you know, freshman and sophomore campaign. Was was a, more of a hand in the ground defensive end. Then they kind of made him lose weight, stood him up in a two point stance, made him rush as, as an outside linebacker. Was le- at least effective in terms of at the line of scrimmage. And then now this past season put on some weight. Um, you know, just trying to get back to being a, a hand in the ground uh, defensive end. So, you know, he's a guy, that's a rotational guy, right? You know, they got, you know, obviously Bosa and, and the kid Armstead across from him. So, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be kind of rotated in there. Tyron Davis, I'm telling you, he's a guy that really kind of went under the radar in terms of running backs in this class. But again, you know, these guys, meaning Shanahan's, you know, they find running backs in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, you know, because of the zone scheme. And, and the thing you want to look about this kid is, is his cutback ability, right? This is a kid that obviously with those zone schemes, you know, they stretch it out that outside zone. And you want a guy who's got a good feel for the run game and good feel for the cutback lanes with good vision. And this is what, you know, Davis Price would do. He does a good job of being able to just kind of plant one, you know, one cut head up the field and you know, find that that second lane so uh you know they did lose uh Raheem Mostert you know he ended up leaving the 49ers I think he's with Miami now yeah um so that that's a guy that you know but of course they had the um the six-round pick from last year Elijah Mitchell right from the kid from uh, Louisiana that we saw down at the, at the senior bowl had a terrific um terrific um rookie campaign you know so you know he's going to be the, the workhorse for them there so he's going to be a handful you know before you even look at tyron davis prize you got to worry about elijah mitchell and, and those guys so uh you know a, a tough matchup initially like i said you know when i first saw it come out i'm like all right this is going to be a, you know one of the heavy favorites in the nfc it's probably going to be a loss but again like i mentioned earlier it's, it, it's week one crazy stuff has happened so that, i guess i hate to say that the bears only chance is I, it's week one and, and crazy stuff happens but that's i guess what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. We'll take we'll take crazinesses on our side. Uh, let, let's transition over to uh, to week two because we got you know seventeen weeks to go through here. I, yeah. Danny, I'm not sure we need a whole lot of analyzing for this one, but yeah. uh, like like I, like I've said before, I don't think the Packers are going to be Super Bowl contenders this year, but I still think they have enough to beat the the Chicago Bears. And you look at some of their additions. Obviously, a big key loss uh, with with. Uh, Devontae Adams, they do lose uh, Zadarius Smith as well. I still think they have a pretty solid defense. Um, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, you Like I said, probably don't have to go too deep in the weeds with this one, but what do you think? Yeah, obviously, I, I think like you touched on it there, John. No, I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl favorites, but I, I think they're obviously still the king of this division. So I think you know, uh, you know, if, if you win one game against the Packers this year, I think that would be a, a huge, you know, a tap, you know, a, a tip of the cap to, to Matt Eberflus and his team. But yeah, this is going to be at Lambeau Field, their home opener, I believe, if I saw the schedule correctly. So I mean, they're going to be pumped up and hyped up. And you know, I, I you know, they, they lost some key guys and with Zaria Smith and Devontae Adams. But yeah, and, and you're not going to replace Devontae Adams in the draft. But I, you know, I like what they did in terms of their overall draft class. And I think, you know, Quay Walker and Devontae White are going to be probably instant impact starters on this team on, on defense. So they improved their defense, you know, tremendously. Christian Watson, he's, like I said, on, on draft that he's more of a replacement for Marquez Valdez-Scanling than he is for Devontae Adams because he gives you that that 4-3 speed, a 6-4 frame. The guy gets down the field, it can definitely stretch the defense. So you know, he's going to be a weapon, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers' go-to, you know, guy initially right away. So, uh, I, you know, still, like I said, not, may not be a, a heavy Super Bowl favorite, but definitely the cream of the crop in terms of the division. So this, this is, for me, definitely a loss. Well, let's move on to a more winnable game. That's at week three. That's right. whenever they, they take on uh, the Houston Texans at home. Uh, obviously, they lose to Sean Watson, but he didn't play last year anyway. Uh, so it's not. I don't know how much of a, of a loss from last year that is. But it looks like they're probably going to go into the season 
with Davis Mills. And I think that's a very interesting matchup because I think this is probably a prove-it year for Davis Mills, even though uh, maybe their weapons aren't the greatest in Houston. Uh, but what what are you – I mean, you you scouted all these guys whenever they were coming out. Uh, Davis Mills didn't have a lot, of, I guess, a lot of tape to put out there uh, in college, but was a highly recruited guy out of high school, just didn't get a lot of time to put it all out there whenever I believe he was at Stanford. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. But uh, so what, what are your thoughts on the Davis Mills-Justin Fields matchup here? Yeah, I mean, sort of David Mills, I mean, he really came on towards the end of the year. And and one of the reasons why was his quarterback coach last year was Pep Hamilton. And that guy who's, who's worked with, you know, the guys like Andrew Luck and some of the other quarterbacks. And he's done a great job in terms of getting getting these quarterbacks ready and prepared. Justin Herbert, he was with San Diego, the, you know, the, the previous season as well. You know, so he does a great job of getting these quarterbacks ready. And you saw Davis Mills struggle as a rookie coming out. But then you just saw him get better and better and better. Towards the end of the season, he was playing, you know, solid football there for him. So I think now with Pep Hamilton being the offensive coordinator, I think that's only going to continue his progression, same offense, same scheme, so on and so forth. So I look for Davis Mills to take that jump. And I think he's going to be a solid quarterback for this franchise. Um, in terms of you know, the overall, you know, uh, the schedule, this is where, for me, it, we, we go. So obviously, I, I got him down 0-2 now. And now we start. With, with with the three teams that have all new head coaching staffs, right? We got the Texans with, with Lovey Smith coming in there with a new staff. We got the Giants and their new staff and the Vikings and new staff. This is where I can see the Bears going on a little bit of a winning streak here. As a matter of fact, I got them going winning the, these next three games and going three and two. So the Texans starts off with, with Houston here at home, then going to the Giants. The Giants to me are aren't anything to write home about. I do like their first two picks in terms of their draft. So they, they made some improvements there as well. But there's questions at quarterback with, you know, with with that kid there. So we get to the Giants later. But yeah, in terms of the Texans here, I think this is this is the Bears first one of the season here, uh, beating Houston and our old coach, Lovey Smith at, at Soldier Field. Yeah, I can't believe I missed when I was talking about all the great storylines in this year. I passed over Lovey Smith coaching the Houston Texans. I don't know how yeah. I, I looked past that. I was talking about all the great things that are going on, the storylines that can make things fun. Completely forgot about Lovey Smith coming I, I back think to Chicago. You're not alone. I think all of Houston forgot Lovey Smith as head coach. <laughs> yeah. as well. I can't believe I overlooked that. I'm sorry, Lovey. I know you listen to the show, but uh, let's, uh, let's go. Let's go to to week four. You were talking about the Giants. I think that's a very winnable game. They also have a a new head coach. They have a you know quarterback that it's probably on his last chance to make it work there. Uh, I think they also. I also think they had a pretty good draft, but that doesn't mean necessarily mean it's going to translate into a a great year the very next year. Uh, what, what's your outlook on this one, Danny? Yeah, right there. Daniel Jones, the, their, their quarterback, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so obviously he's going into that make it break it season. This is going to be his, you know, it's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Obviously, depending on what they do the first three weeks, you know, again, we mentioned a new coaching staff, a new regime, so there's a little bit of an adjustment period there as well. So I think, you know, this is like, like the second game in which they can go ahead now and again, you got, you're going to go travel. You know, this is going to be your second road game, going to be at New York. But I think it's another winnable game. Um, you know, Giants have a formidable defense last year. You know, they they made a switch and now they brought in the old Ravens uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Rink Martindale. So he brings more of that aggressive, you know, uh, all-out blitz. So this is going to be a, 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 a game in which the offensive line, Justin Fields has in front of him is going to be tested and that but also gives you opportunities here because he you, you see a lot of zero blitzes you see a lot of all man out you know that they're coming after the quarterback so this is going to be have to be sharp and beyond beyond his game and I hope the coaching staff does not give him the Cleveland Browns uh play you know play script from last last season where he was he was getting demolished all over the place so you know just just keep an eye out here in terms of you know how aggressive they'll be on defense in terms of the Giants but 
uh, you definitely can beat these guys and you can beat them deep. And especially, you know, you had some weapons now with Darnell Mooney in terms of, you know, Bayless Jones, you know, uh, Dante Pettis. I know he hasn't had a great career, but the kid is a second round pick come out of Washington, you know, known for uh, a pretty damn good punt returner. His has been, you know, just consistency and staying healthy. And, uh, and I think last year he was with the Giants last year. So I think he played like two games and then injured his shoulder. So, uh, you know, bring some more speed element on defense. Maybe even hit him with the screen game here and there. You can definitely beat this defense. But, uh, again, a team in transition. I love Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he's the early favorite for, for defensive rookie of the year, in my opinion. I just I just love that kid's ability off the edge. So, uh, yeah, but definitely I, I think this is – I have the, the Bears winning here. And now I have him at two and two. Well, let's move on to another potential winning, uh, potential win on the schedule. Another team with a new coach and a new GM and uh, a, a um, divisional rival. Same Kirk Cousins there at quarterback, whoever. Still some pretty good weapons uh, on that Vikings offense. Um, when you look at this, uh, Danny, is this a team that? What do you expect to be different about them? I know, I know that they they got a new defensive or a new offensive minded head coach, but. Is there should we expect anything different from the Vikings this year? No, I mean because Kevin has a, has the um, a back experience with with uh, Kirk Cousins back in Washington when 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 uh, um, Cousins with with was with, with Washington back then. O'Connell was his quarterback coach, so you know they they have the familiarity there. They're going to be running a similar offense in terms of what they do with with the Rams and kind of it all kind of starts with the whole Shanahan you know wide zone scheme and that's this is what they do here in Minnesota. So you know obviously their their offense is going to be the key to them you know in, in terms of you know kind of sustaining or maintaining those guys, keeping them off the board, off the scoreboard with, you know, with, with those receivers and obviously Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Uh, so that's going to be a key test for the Bears defense there. Um, obviously, now they have a new coaching staff with their defense. According is going to be the former Bears secondary coach at Donatel. So they're going to be going to more of that Vic Fangio 3-4. So that's going to be a, a new you know, transition for them as well. So, you know, this that's why I got this down as, as a possible victory. It just seems like the Bears always seem to have the, the Vikings number in, in recent, you know, recent, um, you know, recent years. So they, they rarely ever get swept by Minnesota. They always end up winning one of the one or possibly both games. So I just think it's another prime time where they can go in there and just kind of, you know, steal a victory here from, from Minnesota. But uh, again, a team in transition with new coaching staff. I think offensively, they should be very good in Minnesota. Defensively is where I think the Bears can take advantage of them. Well, keeping up with that uh, series of change, looking at their next opponent, they actually, I think this is a game that they can win. It's yep. at home on a Thursday night against Washington. They have a brand new quarterback in Carson Wentz. They seem to have a revolving door at that position. Uh, I, I think that until Washington can prove that they're as good as they kind of look on paper or they look like they should be pretty a pretty decent ball club, uh, I'm not going to believe it. And I love Ron Rivera. I just don't love this team. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, Carson Wentz was is like every year he's got a, he's got a new uh, you know a new team here. So Carson Wentz obviously moves on to Washington here. Um, you know, it's it's pretty bad when 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 the Colts gave up all that draft capital and then after one year, like you know, we, we don't want you to just just go away. So, uh, you know, that, that's obviously their their biggest question mark is is that offense and then terms of like the quarterback. But you know, they're a well coached team with, with Ron Rivera. You know, they play a very pretty solid defensive base. You know, up, up there as well. So they're going to be a, a tough team to go ahead and, and beat. I have them down as, as a victory, uh, and and that's mainly because it's it's a primetime game Thursday night. Uh, I, I think this is this is going to be a, a prime opportunity for. Uh, the Bears are kind of, you know, go after Carson Wentz here, you know, hopefully accuse uh, them and, and, and maybe, you know, get a couple turnovers here, get the ball out and and, and, get, and help have the defense help 
the offense score some points here. And then just and then at this point here, we should know in terms of the that Bears offense, you know, how they're going to be, what kind of team they're going to be. So if they if they stick to what Luke Getzi is talking about in terms of being a run first offense that they're going to predicate everything off the play action. You know, this this isn't a defense that can get aggressive. And this, this might be a nice opportunity to go ahead and, and make some big plays downfield. So, but again, you're going to have to protect Justin Fields. And that that's, you know, we start in the beginning here. You know, my biggest concerns are, are that offense and defensive line. So there are still some question marks there that the Bears need to answer by the time the season starts, but hopefully they get all those, you know, things squared away. And then that way they have a solid, solid, um, you know, foundation to go ahead and build off of there. Danny, well, they're, um, they're going to need that. Yeah, they are. Danny, uh, before you arrived, I was talking about that this part of the schedule. Week four on the road, week five on the road, week six at home, but a short turnaround Thursday night football, and then seven and eight on the road. I'm a little concerned about this Washington football team just because of the short turnaround. And as Tony the Podboss said uh, in the chat, that you know this team was better than they than they showed last season because of uh, because they were they had so many injured defensive starters and they had the clipboard quarterback going, you know we might be underestimating what the Commanders can do this season. Your thoughts on that? No, I agree. I mean, defensively, they're a solid unit. Like I said earlier, like, you know, they're well coached. Ron Rivera is one heck of a head football coach. And I think it all depends. They're all success is going to be predicated on what Carson Wentz does. If Carson Wentz is playing 2017 Carson Wentz, which, guys, it's been, what, five years? We haven't seen that guy since since then. So, you know, then that's going to be a tough team to beat. But if, if he's the Carson Wentz that we saw last couple of seasons with the Eagles and then also last year with, with the Colts where he's kind of hot and cold, up and down, you know, I, I have a lot, a lot of confidence. In, and again, I haven't seen him play on the field. I haven't seen him do anything in terms of in person, but I just have a lot of confidence in, in Matt Eberflus and his, and his defensive staff in terms of, you know, being able to coach these guys up. I think they're going to get the, these guys to play at a hundred miles an hour. You know, uh, uh, Corny Corner, who was, a, who was our guest last week on, on draft on tap had a great, you know, uh, report on Twitter saying that, that this is the, the most aggressive, uh, fast paced, you know, uh, rookie minicamp that she had seen, you know, and, and she's covered the NFL a long time. So, you know, you, it just kind of tells you how this, this staff now is already kind of implementing, you know, what they want to do. You know, they're talking about running to the football, gang tackling, you know, punching the ball out. You know, Tillman was there, you know, for, first day of minicamp to talk to these rookies. That's not a coincidence because that's what they want to do. They want these guys to go ahead and start you know, being able to utilize that peanut punch and get those ball, you know, that, that ball out of there and, and get those turnovers. So I think that's, I just have this confidence that, that this, this team is going to be well coached, at least defensively. Offensively, I still have a lot of question marks, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Very good. And they're gonna they're gonna need some of that. Like we're talking about that strong base, maybe building up a three and three record. Because if you go into the next week, it ain't great. They gotta go up to New England on Monday Night Football, which yeah. uh, I always say I don't love when the Bears are in prime time. I'm just probably yeah. gonna harp on that the entire year. But anyway, uh, another interesting storyline here: Mac Jones and Justin Fields uh, going at it. Uh, how do you see this shaking out, Danny? Because I just think that. This is going to be one of those games where it seems like it's winnable, but then something just falls apart. Yeah, I, I look at my I look at my my uh, my uh, my uh, schedule here and how I have these kind of like L's and W's. I've I've got like streaks. I've got like you know two game losing streak, three four game winning streak, you know three yeah. game losing streak. It's like it just it just it just doesn't kind of there's up and down here all over the place. But uh, yeah, I mean th- this is going to be a tough stretch. Uh, these next three games for me are going to be tough in terms of you know, the Bears because you got at the Patriots. Uh, Monday night, which we all know how that how that goes usually at the Cowboys. A lot of people are down on the Cowboys, but I mean they are still a, a pretty good offensive you know unit. 
they have a uh, you know Dan Quinn went back there for defense, and I think those guys are be you know flying uh, in terms of you know making making uh, turnovers and, and and helping that defense offense score some points there as well. So you know, at Patriots, at Cowboys, and and Dolphins here, I think they're going to be three three tough tough games here as well. So um, you know that, that I have this down as a loss. You talked about the you know the Mac Jones versus Justin Fields thing. You know I, I don't get into the whole quarterback you know battle because it, obviously it's 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 the, the Bears versus the Patriots. I just think um, my, my only concern here with the Patriots. To be honest with you guys, is is who's going to be calling the the offensive play for for Mac Jones? You know, if, I, I've been hearing Matt Patricia, and, I'm, and if Matt Patricia and his number two pencil are calling those plays in, in, in the helmet of, of Mac Jones. I'm liking the Bears' chance a little bit more than I than I thought. You know, wow. when I first saw this uh, when I first saw the schedule come out. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Again, now we're we're in week seven. We you know teams are generally kind of identifying themselves in terms of what they're going to be the rest of the season. So, you know, we'll have a pretty good feel here, but yeah, I mean, that's the one question I have about the Patriots. And again, no one questions Bill Belichick, right? Bill Belichick can do whatever he wants because he's, he's the greatest coach of all time. But man, if, if he turns Matt Patricia into an offensive genius, I mean, I, yeah. I just, you know, just, just give him his bus right now and Ken, just let him go there. Rename the hall after him. Exactly. Because if you can turn Matt Patricia into an offensive genius, then that's, I mean, that's spinning something into gold. Uh, and, and you kind of talked on this a little bit earlier, but they do, after their road trip to New England, they got to follow that up by going to Dallas the next week. And so, uh, look, I don't, once again, Dallas is another one of those teams where I think probably took a step back with some of the uh, losses they had this, uh, over the offseason. But they probably still have enough to beat the Bears at home. Uh, mainly, you know, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and uh, the, that running game that they have. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. You know, they're still a very potent offense. You know, you got those receivers there. You got that running game. You got you got Dak Prescott, our quarterback. Uh, you know, you have a somewhat retooled offensive line there also. Um, like I said, we're going to see, we're going to know in this, at this point in the season, you know, what kind of team the Bears are. Are they a defensive unit, a team led by their defense? Are they going to be a, a run-based offense? So I think we'll, we'll see here who's going to be kind of stepping up and who's going to be kind of, you know, stepping out, if you will, in terms of, you know, the overall uh, team here. But I get it. Tough game. You know, Jerry's World is always a, a raucous crowd. You know, they always have that that big home field advantage there. And I just think it's going to be, especially for, for what looks to be a very young team in terms of the Bears, it's going to be a, a tough environment to probably a victory out of yeah and i, I kind of sped past the the patriots and cowboys because i really want to talk about this next game and it's it's a home game against a team that i feel is kind of i don't know what to make of it because they they go all in they get tyreek hill uh they bring in cedric wilson uh they they they're trying to build around uh tua they have gesicki at tight end they have a hodgepodge uh <laughs> running back room with i think you alluded to earlier mostert miles gaskin they just signed uh, who they, they just signed somebody? I forget who exactly. Uh, they was it Cam? Not Cam Akers. I forget who they signed exactly. Uh, but um, oh, it was uh, Sony, uh, Sony Michelle? Sony Michelle. Sony yep. Michelle. Yeah. So, uh, what do you make of this Miami team? Because they're another. They're kind of like the Washington for me. Because I, I'm not. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, when I when they show that they can be a good football team, then I'll pick them to to, to beat the Bears. But I, I'm just. I don't see it quite yet. Right, me too, and and that's the thing. It's like they they made the big flash moves. They made the they, they got they got the Taron Armstead, the guy I wanted the Bears to go after. They got the big Tyreek Hill trade. You, know, you talked about some of these guys, Cedric Wilson, all these players. And, but again, their two question marks is they have a rookie head coach, right, Mike McDaniel, who was I believe I don't even think he had the title of offensive coordinator. He might have had a title of offensive coordinator. He was more more so like the run game coordinator for for the 49ers. 
uh, rookie head coach who, if, if you ever listen to this guy's press conference, he's hilarious. But uh, and they have they have a big question mark at, at quarterback in Tua. You know, you know they have Tyreek Hill, but can Tua get on the ball downfield? That's going to be the the, the right. big thing here. Is, is is you know this that's another quarterback that's going to be going into a make it or break season here for him as well. So um, you know, so I I have question marks in terms of what this Dolphins team will look like. Um, just based off the town alone, though, I, I went ahead and gave the Bears the, the loss here because I just assumed that they're, they're, you know, just because based off their town, they're going to be a better football team. But definitely that this is not one that that I put down in pen. This this would be a, this could be anywhere it can, uh, surprise me and go ahead and beat this team for all I know. But uh, you know, definitely a, a team that you just, you know, the big splash moves are great, but there's just way too many question marks at key spots. Head coach, quarterback, for me. To, to tell me that this is a, this is a, you know a, a very very good team. Yeah, I, I feel like they can potentially win this game uh, unless you know Miami comes out and they're all of a sudden world beaters. And <laughs> I'm going to temper my expectations. I'm reserving my right. I'm reserving the right to change my mind as the season right. progresses. But uh, as of right now in May, I think that it, it's a game they could potentially win. And then things kind of get a little loose. They get a little easier as right. we move into Week Ten because that's whenever they have their first divisional game against the Detroit Lions at home. Uh, and this starts off kind of a three-game stretch here where I think the Bears could maybe rip off three games in a row. But let's start uh, with the Detroit Lions, who are in the second year of the Dan Campbell experience. Uh, I think that Detroit's going to be better. Uh, yep. I'm sure that you probably liked their draft. Uh, I love but, their, yeah. uh, what, what do you What do you think of them as far as 2022 goes? Yeah, Dan Campbell and, and his kneecap biters are going to be coming to Soldier Field here. And, and uh, you know, I, I agree. The Lions, have got, I've gotten better in terms of talent, overall talent on the roster. But, you know, again, Jared Goff is their quarterback. Uh, this game is going to be, what, week 10? What is that, November, I believe? Or is that early Ish, December? Yeah. So, yeah, it depends on how the weather. If it, the weather is a little cold, Jared Goff is, is going to go into his little shell and he's going to be out of it. But chances are it's going to be mild. Not cold, not bitterly cold, but not warm as well. So we'll see how that goes. But... Uh, the Lions, you know, I don't know if Jamison Williams will be available this this game. He's 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 scheduled to come back probably mid to late October is what the initial reports were during the draft process. So, you know, that's a big play weapon at, at a receiver to kind of go with last year's third round pick. Um, I'm Ron Satan Brown, who was it was a hell of a surprise pick for them. Um, so, you yeah, know, this team has has weapons. I mean, this team has got. Uh, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift in the backfield, you know, Hawkinson at tight end, like I said, but the big question mark is, is Jared Goff, right? What kind of a quarterback is he going to be? Uh, and at this point, you know, I, I'm expecting the, the Aberflus and his staff will have the Bears defense clicking all cylinders here. And I think they'll be able to, you know, provide some pressure, some coverage, and maybe, you know, again, get some turnovers because they're going to be relying heavily on, you know, rallying to football and punching that ball out and, and making opportunities for often. So, I, but you know the Lions are the Lions, so I, I do have a victory here for for our for our beloved Bears. And then things get a little juicier in Week 11 against a Atlanta Falcons team that I feel is in a full and utter rebuild. Right. Uh, they they brought in some uh, a playmaker in the first round, but Marcus Mariota is going to be probably the Week One starter in Atlanta. They're probably jockeying for a a high pick in next year's draft where it's, it's a lot more flush with quarterback prospects as opposed to this year uh so they got to go to atlanta but i i don't know uh if atlanta is going to have enough to to beat the bears which is probably the only time i'm going to say that this year but i don't think right. that i don't think the falcons have enough to beat the bears what do you say yeah i agree i mean this, this is a team that that's in looks like you know full rebuild 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 mode you know with obviously with, with trading matt ryan away you know most of all the receivers are gone i mean they drafted drake london 
Uh, but yeah, this is a, this is a team that that's going to go all young and and um, you know they they might be make it competitive, but I, I do think the Bears come out of this, out of Atlanta with with a victory. So uh, you know, again, I, I think at this point of the season, Marcus Mariota may or may not be playing, may or may not be starting. You know, the thing besides being ineffective at Tennessee, he was also very injury prone as well. So you know, and if, if memory serves me right, their only backup currently on the roster, I could be mistaken, but is is the rookie, the kid out doesn't murder out of out of, uh, out of uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. So so if, if if that is the case, and 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 if Mariota's not playing, you have a rookie quarterback, even better for the Bears. Uh, real quick before we move on to Week Twelve, how do you how did you feel about Drake London to Atlanta? I'm mean, player aside, how do you feel about the fit there? They have Kyle Pitts there, uh, and maybe maybe it's too early to figure that out just because you're not sure who the quarterback is going to be for the majority of his career. But uh, how do you feel about Drake London in Atlanta? I, I like the prospect overall. I like Drake London as a receiver. He's, he's a big catch radius guy. A guy that reminds me a lot of of. Um, uh, uh, Mike Williams from the, from the Chargers, and also uh, the, uh, the kid from uh, Tampa Bay. Um, drawing it uh, blank on his name, but uh, uh, number thirteen for for the Buccaneers right now. The Mike big, Evans. Big, Mike Evans. Thank you so much, Mike mm-hmm. Evans. So th- that that's my comp for him. Drake London, big kids, five six four, big time catch radius guy. Guys, tremendous. Uh, you know, body contour can get downfield. Uh, is tremendous on on those uh, back shoulder throws. Can go up and make contested catches in traffic. So I love the prospect. I'm surprised that they didn't go with Garrett Wilson, uh, only because uh, Wilson doesn't give you that size, but he does give you the the, the speed. He does give you the also. He's also pretty for a guy who's six feet tall, Garrett Wilson. He's also a guy who's very physical at the catch point. A guy that can go up and make plays on those contested footballs. So I, I, that's I thought was going to be their their pick. Uh, but they end up going with, with Drake London. Obviously, they got last year's uh, uh, pick, the uh, Pitts, the tight end. So now they have a, a you know kind of like a twin tower thing going on in, in the red zone. So if you throw the ball up there, you know, these are both guys that can go up and ma- make contested catches. So I think that's what they're looking at. So if you have a quarterback that's you know uh, accuracy has not been his strong suit in, in his career, Marcus Mariota. You have these big twin tower guys. You can just kind of throw the ball up there with with huge catch radiuses, just go, going up making making plays over defenders. I think that's what they're thinking. That's why they probably leaned with Drake London over a guy like Garrett Wilson. Well, speaking of Garrett Wilson, let's just go to week 12 then because the, the Jets are uh, there. The Bears will be traveling to New York to take on the Jets. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, another one of those uh, head-to-head matchups of guys that came out of the same draft class. Uh, I think the I think the Jets had a great draft, much like mm-hmm. other people do. I'm not. I don't think I'm saying anything prophetic there. Uh, however, once again, that does not translate into a great 2022. Uh, what's your take on this game, and then I guess the Jets in general? Yeah, I mean, I think the Jets had a great draft. I think the Jets so far have had a very good offseason in terms of free agency and all that stuff. So I mean, everything is set up there for them to win, right? But again, Robert Sala going into his second year as a head coach, I like him as, as a coach, but I, I, we got to see him in terms of prove can he can he get this team to win you know be competitive week in and week out so uh obviously you know zach wilson and the, the second second overall pick last year is going to be coming into his second season just like uh, justin fields but if you just base this off of activity offseason activity and, and, and the acquisition of talent you got to give this game to the jets right but i as you just noted that's not whoever wins the offseason doesn't usually you know win win the win in the regular season so we'll see how that goes but yeah this is a, this is a game i actually put this down as a victory for the bears so uh, just kind of going off of, you know, just a, a feeling here. I think that the Bears, I don't know if the Jets, I just don't believe right now in, into the Jets, even though they've made all these somewhat, you know, or, or uh, you know, upgrades in terms of personnel and all that stuff. I just, I got to, they have to prove it to me. So, you know, we'll see. But right now I, I have a, the Bears going in and getting a W. 
Uh, let's move on to week 13 real fast and then move past it. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the Packers game at Soldier Field. Uh, we already talked about the Packers and what their current state is. Uh, you, you're chalking this up for a loss? Yeah, I got this. I got okay. the. <laughs> okay, okay let's talk about something that's actually worth talking about. Is that week 14 by? I thought I, I like. kind of interesting. I thought it was, it's great for a team that's kind of in the hunt or you know trying to make a playoff push because you, you kind of rest off you kind of rest up right before the last quarter of the season which i think will be good for the bears do you think that's going to have any effect on the season however Dan? no and I, I like it because well generally i like when teams get their bye week later on in the season like you said you know if they're if they're going for that second half drive that playoff push you know they can kind of rest up get players healthy but for the bears i think i think this would be, be an opportunity hey, if, if they're having a bad season and now they're saying, all right, you know, you know, we have we have veterans, not, not you know, our record is poor. For example, we have veterans that are getting playing time. You know, maybe do we have a young guy here we can probably plug in and get him, you know, and him in there getting some playing time, some experience, and kind of look towards next season. So a lot of times these these teams that that kind of are in a rebuilding, remodeling mode, however you want to term it, Ryan Poles, uh, it's 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 you know it, that second half, if you know if they have a rough first half of the new coaching staff, that second half typically after the bye. Uh, is when they start getting some momentum. They start getting some, you know, competitive, you know, um, moral victories, if you will. And the next thing you know, by the end of the season, you know, they're more competitive and now they're winning games and they can kind of carry that momentum into the into the off season and into the next season as well. So I think week 14 here, obviously coming off, off of week 14, you're going to have two back-to-back tough games. But well, I'm just curious to see what the Bears do here. Where are they at in terms of the record, in terms of the season? You know, what is the coaching staff thinking in terms of you know mentality? Are, are they going to give younger guys more playing time? Are they are they competitive? Are they in the playoff hunt? You know, do they have a chance? Are they you know one or two games out of the out of the you know the wild card, the last wild card spot? You know, are they going to make a push for it? So this is going to be a very interesting interesting time in terms of uh, where the buy came at and, and interesting time in the season overall. So I'm very curious to see what how this team is at this point in the, in, at, at the at the uh at week 14 yeah and then uh they they get a nice little wake-up call right out of the bye because then they gotta they gotta host the philadelphia eagles who i think got a lot better they bring in uh they make the big you know draft aid uh trade to bring in uh aj brown and so a lot of this will depend i guess on the progression of jalen hurts but what are your thoughts on uh the the eagles in general and then when they they make the uh, late trek to soldier field in week 15 yeah, and and I know all those kind of may bark at me here, but I'm I'm still not a big Jalen Hurts guy. Um, I, I think I think he's a, he's a solid solid quarterback, but I just I just don't know if he's a guy that can be your you know game in game out. So look look at that face he's giving me. Look see look at that. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think he's gonna be that you know that this uh, starting successful quarterback in the NFL. I could be wrong. Uh, I mean that the kids overcome so many other other things in his in his career from Alabama being benched in favor of Tua bouncing going back to Oklahoma, you know getting drafted and I believe a second second round draft pick uh, by the Eagles and then obviously you know supplanting uh, Carson Wentz and then you know kind of taking over last year. So the thing about about Hurts is is that he's a dual threat quarterback, right? He's a guy that can beat you with his legs and and his and his arm. The only thing is you know his arm strength isn't the greatest and his accuracy downfield isn't the greatest so um you know obviously the, the, the nick sariani does a great job of utilizing that that uh, rpo uh run uh run pass option in their offense obviously bringing a beast on the outside like aj is only gonna only gonna help propel them uh, don't forget about last year's first round pick Devontae smith who i think only gonna get better in year two so they're gonna have some weapons on the outside excuse me, on the outside for, for uh, Jalen Hurts. But until I prove, he proves it to me, I'm just going to have question marks with, with, with Jalen Hurts in terms of how effective he could be, especially winning games on the road late in the, late in the season. 
And I wanted to ask you this real quick, because if you look at Jalen Hurts' output and where he throws the ball, to have a big guy like A.J. Brown to throw it downfield, that means Jalen Hurts has to throw the ball downfield, right? And that right. seems to, that seems to be one of his issues. Is that how's that gonna how's that gonna mesh? Well, that's the thing, right? We talk about his arm strength isn't the greatest. You know, his accuracy has been off spotty here and there. Uh, he's been more effective, you know, using his legs. And and again, that RPO system that they use there with Nick Sirianni, the play caller, that's I think that's they're getting the best out of him now. Now, with A.J. Brown, what that does is he gives you a big body receiver, a guy that's, again, he can extend away from his frame, make contested catches. So that's going to help Jalen Hurts. He's just going to kind of get the ball in his area code. He's going to go up there. He's going to make a play on a football. So, uh, you, know, you know, he came from a, from a team – with Ryan Tannehill, who was kind of similar in terms of a guy who's more athletic than, than, than accurate in terms of downfield, you know, uh, throwing the football. So he's kind of, you know, and besides, I guess they're best friends. Uh, AJ Brown and, and Jalen Hurts are really good friends. So maybe they've been working on that chemistry, you know, all along here in the offseason. So we'll see how that goes. But big, big receivers that can that can extend away from their and, and make contested catches downfield are quarterback's best friend because you don't have to be that accurate. Just get the ball, like I said, in their area code and they'll go up to make, and they'll make a play on the football. Well, let's go into the season of giving, more specifically <laughs> Christmas Eve, uh, yeah. where the Bears fans get a big present to unwrap, and it's Josh Allen and the yeah, Bills. They got a big lump of coal in their, in, their, in their. Yeah, yeah. that I was I was saying earlier, they could not have asked for a worse present as far as the NFL schedule goes, but uh, probably don't need a whole hell of a lot of an, uh, yeah. anal, uh, analyzing here, Danny. But what do you see from the Bills, and is there anything the Bears could do to neutralize that? Yeah, it's, it's to me, it's, it's a tough matchup. I mean, obviously, this the Bills are, are you know the cream of the crop, one of the creams of the crops in the AFC, and I, I know one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl and actually represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So um, this is going to be a, a tough game. Uh, you know, obviously with that with that quarterback Josh Allen and, and all the weapons he has on offense, they added James Cook from from uh, Georgia in the backfield, give him a little bit of a gadget. Running back back there, a guy can catch a ball in the backfield, a guy can run it as well. Von Miller coming off the edge. Uh, I think I think he proved last year that that he's not done, uh, you know, in, in terms of how he helped the Rams get to that Super Bowl. So uh, def, definitely a tough game. And uh, this is just going to be too, you know, too high step up, too high of a step up in class for the Bears to come and compete with these guys. So then we go into week 17 where things are kind of interesting from a perspective of what's What's going to be on the line if anything's going to be on the line? Week 17, they got they have to go to Detroit. And kind of to, to the point you made earlier, uh, are the Bears going to be, you know, quote-unquote mathematically in the hunt? And so they're going to keep trying to win the games? Or are they going to try to get more uh, players' experience that they're, they're, are in the long-term plans? I think a lot goes into that. But uh, regardless, I think they will probably be uh, favored against the Lions. But it's, it's hard to tell in Week 17. Right. And these, these are the games where I'm like, come on, you got to lose this game to get a higher draft pick. And what happens? They always end up winning the game. So that's why I got them down as a victory because they always end up doing this, right? I always want them to lose to get a higher draft pick, but they always end up winning. So I think they're going to go in there. I think they're going to sweep the, the Lions in, in terms of this, this season series. And again, Lions are Don Burr, if you're out there, don't get mad, man. I know that the Lions added a lot of talent. They got a lot of talent. Oh, there he is. There he is. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, ask and he, and he shows up. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the Lions got a lot of talent. I just I just don't know about Dan Campbell as a head coach, and I just don't know about about Jared Goff as a quarterback. So uh, those are two big ifs for me. If if I have question marks about your head coach and your quarterback, then I have uh, big question marks about your overall team. So uh, we'll, you know I, I think the Bears win this one, um, but you know we'll see. 
And then once again, the Bears get to end their season with a game against the Vikings, which seems to be just how things usually happen for the last 25 years. But anyway, uh, once again, probably probably the same kind of scenario as whenever they're playing the uh, the Lions. What's going to be the input? Uh, could they play spoiler for the Vikings? Uh, are the Bears, you know, somehow in the hunt at this point? Uh, right. uh, going going to Minnesota, what do you see? Actually, this is I believe this is at home, isn't it? This is at Soldier Field. This uh, week eighteen uh, game. Aldo, did you get the graphic? Yeah, because because they, they they go to yeah, Minnesota week five. Yep. Yeah, so this is gonna be yeah. this is gonna be on that lakefront. Nice, cold, brisk day. Uh, mm. Kirk Cousins is not gonna want to be out there. Uh, you know, I, I think their passing is gonna be hurting. I don't, I don't think those guys are gonna be wanting you know make those plays downfield. They don't want to get hit. So I think this is a, a game the Bears come out of. And again, this could be two teams just vying for draft draft position or this could be you know maybe the minnesota you know they could be vying for a playoff spot who knows we'll see but uh you know i i got the bears down for a victory here uh i, I just like i said i just think the bears have kirk cousins number and i think you know other than last year where they, where they got that victory i think the bears have been very very good against kirk cousins uh they do a very good job you know stopping dalvin cook for the most part now i know akeem hicks was a big part of that and he's gone mm. so we'll see how that how that you know turns out but uh yeah i, I just feel like you know last game of the season um, you know, at home, I think the Bears are going to want to kind of give their fans a, a, a nice victory to go ahead and, you know, give them the farewell of the season. So I, I got them with the victory. So my record, uh, very close to yours, John, I got them a nine and eight. Okay. So I got them nine and eight. Yeah. I, I think that's a very, very good, good start for, for Matt Abraflus if he does go nine and eight with, with a team that came into the season with a lot of question marks. You know, I, we just touched on briefly. Uh, Aldo knows I have a lot of question marks on the offensive line. I have a lot of question marks on the defensive line. And for me, if your offense and defensive line are spotty or if there's holes in them, you don't have a very, very good, solid team. So hopefully they rectify those holes from now until the start of the, start of the season. Um, you know, the, whether it's free agency, you know, pickups, whether it's just players getting better, whether it's players getting coached up from previous to previous regime and just getting better and, and solidifying a position. Uh, maybe it's it's the, you know, Ryan Poles is, is very, very, high on 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 Lugzi and and the play calling and and you know utilizing building an offense around justin fields and i love i love hearing that that's what i've been calling for all year last year so um you know he's very very high on on what this offense in terms of the play caller what what potentially they could do for the for the bears um for the bears offense so we'll see and then one thing i i, I do want to mention is like the bears made when they signed equanimity is st brown I, I think i just butchered his name but when they signed him everybody oh kind of oh, it's a one-year contract it's just like you know it's a body but guys about it luke getsy was the receivers coach with the packers he's the one who helped develop Devontae adams if luke getsy says go get st brown he knows what what is what is out there. He knows the potential in this kid. Remember, this kid came out of Notre Dame. He it was a pretty good prospect. It was six four, ran about a four 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 five, I believe it was. So he's got size, he's got speed. You know, and Getty did say in his press conference this week, he says, you know, his best football is yet to come. So you know, he saw him what was going on there with Green Bay. You know, we we knew you know we know they have a you know a quarterback that could be a little bit you know uh, moody if you will, and it may maybe St. Brown dropped a couple of passes in in, in practice, and he and then. Rodgers kind of just shunned them in the games and didn't throw, throw his way. You know, we, we saw him do it to Alan Lazard in that playoff game, wide open down the middle of the field and just kind of just, you know, forced the ball to Devontae Adams. So, you know, maybe Getsy is onto something here. Maybe St. Brown could be a surprise. You know, obviously, Valus Jones is the guy they're going to utilize in this offense to, to create, you know, opportunities, whether it's, you know, handing the ball off to him, you know, slip screen, bubble screens, you know, uh, um, you know, go routes on the field. So, now, that's what Ryan Poles is very, from what I've gathered from his, and I think he's very transparent. I think he's very open so far with the media and with the fans. 
I think he's he's relying on this offensive system to to kind of create opportunities, create plays. And then again, we talked about the defense, right? Even for this defense comes comes from that Rod Marinelli, Levy Smith, Tony Dungy, you know, cover two, Tampa two, if you want to call it, you know, right to the football, punch the football, rake the football, get the uh, create opportunities for your offense. And I think that's where the Bears, you know, kind of hope that, that they are at the end of the season. Again, if they're nine and eight. I think that's a successful, whether they make the playoffs or not, I think that's a, that's a very good start for the Matt Eberflus era. Yeah. And I, and I said earlier, if in the hunt this year is a lot different than in the hunt last year, because right. they, they, you look at the team, you look at the team, it was trying to win. Now it was trying to make one last stand. It was trying to be competitive. If you can, if you can turn around and help us have the same record in a rebuild, I think that that is uh, very promising. And just, uh, just for, just for fun, I think I looked up some of the the early lines. The Bears are opening up at its uh, six and a half point underdogs against the the 49ers, which I think yeah. is pretty high uh, for for they're at home. So usually you get three yep. just for being at home. But yeah, I'm no I'm no Mike North, but I think that's pretty high. If I six and a half uh, points in, in week one, uh, I, I did want to ask about the offensive line because a lot of people are talking about the offensive line. Who do we predict, or who who are you looking that might be feeling that that right guard? uh position is it going to be uh dakota dozier or who, who who's no. going to be playing right guard for them come week <laughs> well, if, if it's dakota dozier playing right guard i hope hope uh, justin fields is not starting a quarterback uh <laughs> so it's it's my opinion like I, I think i think there's there's potentially you know three guys you put in there so you have tevin jenkins you have larry borum and you have zach thomas this kid out of san diego state uh he's a guy that, that i i liked i broke him down on draft on tap i i, I like them as one of those day three guys that you take a flyer on and one thing with him is he's an athletic guy. He fits this, this wide zone scheme. He's a guy that can move laterally and maintain his blocks. Got solid length, solid size, but he's got position versatility. He's played left tackle, right guard, and right tackle. So if, if I stick him in there, and he's a guy that, that can battle with Borum and Jenkins. So of, of those three, two of them are going to start. One's going to be a right tackle. One's going to be my right guard. So for, for me, if I had to guess right now, I'm thinking – Either Bormer or Jenkins is a, is a right tackle. I, I say Zach Thomas is your right guard. That's that's how I would line them up right now. Then who kicks out to left tackle? Then is it the, the the leftover of that or who? Well, that's the thing. So so I think if Borm for so say Borm loses the right tackle position, I think he'll be the swing tackle. Uh, I think Braxton Jones is another kid that athletically, size wise, he fits the bill. It's it's what you look for. His big thing is consistency, right? He's a guy that's six five. Has a lot of time trouble getting his pad level. Uh, lower, he always gets kind of jolted back. Uh, there, you know, there are times he struggled at the senior bowl with speed. So he's a guy that needs to be coached up. But you know, the one guy I'm hoping I'm hoping I'll hope for here, and and uh, and although probably you know Tari meets keep saying this guy's name, but Dwayne Brown is still out there. Dwayne Brown is a guy as a veteran. I'm not sure what his deal is. I'm not sure if he's looking for for a winning situation. He might not, he might not be interested in coming to a team that could be rebuilding. But he's a guy that's a veteran. He's not what he used to be. But he's definitely a guy that can come in and, and give you solid reps at left tackle and let a kid like Braxton Jones develop and learn behind him. So that's what I'm hoping all for. But if, say, we, they don't go get a, a Dwayne Brown, you know, I, I, would, I would let Braxton Jones kind of go and compete there with, you know, whether it's it's Julian Davenport. Uh, if, if you want, I, I don't see Larry Boren playing left tackle in the NFL. I don't think he's got the ability to play left tackle in the NFL. I know other people do. Um, so we'll see what, what they do there. But if, if for me, it, it would be a kid like Braxton Jones, hopefully a veteran like Dwayne Brown. But if not, you would just let, you know, let, let Jones compete with the veteran. 
Do you think that, I mean, the, Lucas Patrick most likely going to be the, the starting center for, for yes. this team, uh, but they must have first still on the team. So <laughs> is that, is that just well, like a body for now. in camp? Yeah, he is for like, now. Is, so that, is that Doug just a Kramer, body in camp? Or? Yeah, Doug Kramer and Mustafa are going to battle for that backup center spot. The one thing with, with Mustafa and Kramer, I think they're both centers. I don't think neither one of them can play guard. I think so. It, it, those guys are going to be battling for that backup center spot. The one thing about Doug Kramer, if you put on his tape at Illinois, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he's he's quick. And again, he's tailor-made for this wide zone scheme. He's, he's quick to that second level, does a good job of flipping his hips into the, the gaps and, and blocking off that backside pursuit. Uh, and he's tenacious, right? He's a guy that could just keep blocks through the back of the whistle. Uh, not not dirty or not anything like that, but just a guy that just keeps keep, and he's working his ass off, and uh, and those guys tend to tend to you know, um, you know coaches tend to like those guys, and they they tend to make rosters. So I think right now for the backup center, it's going to be between Mustafer and um, and and Kramer. And remember, you know uh, uh, Lucas Package can always kick out to right guard, and then uh, Kramer or Mustafer ever makes a team can then fill in at center if if you for example if your right guard gets hurt. And one more thing before we kind of wrap this up is I do want to ask about the linebackers because they're going to look they're going to look vastly different. Where I know it's fun to talk about the offense and who's going to play where and the Justin Fields progression on the the wide receivers and the hodgepodge core that they have, but uh, the 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 linebackers are going to look vastly different this year and not just different but they're going to be in a different in a different scheme as right. well so obviously you have uh roquan uh anchoring that and then is it is it nicholas morrow and uh matthew adams co covering the the three linebacker spot or how do you kind of see that whole defensive scheme kind of fl flowing out because the even the line is going to be different Right. So, so the, the big question for me at linebacker is who's going to be playing middle? Who's going to play, who's going to play weak side linebacker? Cause the weak side linebacker is, is the key guy in this defense, right? So if it's, that's Roquan Smith, I think he's, he's in line for a huge season. Uh, and that, that's why, that's why I'm kind of hoping, I hope they kind of kick Roquan out to that weak side linebacker. We saw Darius Leonard and with the Colts, mm -hmm. when they kicked him out from middle to weak side, he just kind of took off, right? He became a superstar. He was already a pretty damn good player. He became a star, star defender on, on that Colts defense. So that's what I'm hoping from hoping Roquan hits that weak Weak side linebacker, you put Morrow in, in middle. Uh, Morrow came with, with high, high regards. We had Vinny, uh, uh, I, I can't pronounce his last name. Is Remember, Aldo, uh, is it Bangasari? How do you, it's Italian, right? Yeah, it's Italian. Uh, the, learn it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I got to learn it. But uh, he, he covers the Raiders uh, for the uh, Las Vegas Journal, and he said that Morrow was playing sensational uh, before he got injured last year, and and that that if they made the playoffs, they were going to bring him back. That's how big of an impact he had on defense. So I'm I'm liking this this Morrow signing. We'll see how it is. Another athletic, quick, fast linebacker. I stick him in the middle, and then that's that's that strong sign linebacker. That's going to be a guy that's going to be only be evolved in about 15 percent of the plays. You know, uh, Ibrahim said they're going to be in nickel about 85 percent of the time, and that means five DBs, two linebackers, and four down linemen. So, you know, at, at that point, you can you can kind of mix and match. You know, do you bring an extra safety in? You know, uh, Jaquan Brisker, the rookie from Penn State, is, is pretty pretty physical. You know, he could, he could a guy that can be good in terms of in the box could be an extra linebacker there if you want to play him you know DeAndre Houston Carson is a guy that's been you know known to be you know um, reliable on the box player as well so you can mix and match there so I only see you know those two linebackers Morrow and 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 Roquan playing majority of the time Jack Sandburn that kid from from Wisconsin um, limited physically and in terms of athletic ability but he's a really smart smart kid uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the team uh, some of the other guys Adams I think is a special teams uh, there's another kid they picked up, I believe it was with with the Packers last year. Joe Thomas, I think his name is as well. He's also a guy that's that's very well known for for his prowess on special teams. So you know any one of those guys, Caleb Johnson. Thank you, STC. Caleb Johnson is a kid that uh, 
I liked a lot in terms of his speed and his athletic ability. Um, I, I see him more as a middle linebacker, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't put it past them to try and style him at, at strong side linebacker. So, uh, but yeah, so they have some some options there at the, for that strong side. Uh, it's not a guy that uh, it's not a position I think they're going to invest in in terms of going out and getting another free agent. I just think they're going to just see what they got there. And like I said, that that player is only going to be on the field for maybe fifteen percent of the play, according to Matt Eberflus. So it, we're going to see more five DBs uh, back there, you know, playing that that nickel coverage. So we went through the entire schedule. Danny has him at nine and eight. I have him at eight and nine. Aldo, what did you have him at? Two and fifteen. What, what, what did you? Yeah, I, I'm gonna withhold. Uh, I know it's offer fun <laughs> and so forth, but I, 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 I'm gonna withhold. Uh, I'm just gonna say that I don't care if they go zero and seventeen. At least if I at least see progress, if I at least see our quarterback developing and goes from having a disappointing rookie season for reasons we all know, we're not blaming him, but he goes from that to becoming a surefire franchise quarterback and that we will win a lot more games because there's still holes here and there on the offensive line, wide receiver, wide receiver depth, and so forth. So I, I, I almost feel like Wins and losses aren't that important to me, at least right now. Uh, I just want to see progress, and and, uh, and I think we will. I I, I I agree, and I disagree a little bit, Aldo, because I, I agree in terms of you want to see progress. You want to see development. You want to see young guys get better. You want to see Justin Fields. To me, this whole season is about Justin Fields. It's Justin Fields getting developed. How is his offense built around Justin Fields? What is he doing with in terms of the, the utilization of his athletic ability? Is he rolling him out more out of the pocket? I know this offense is based off of play action, so I know there's going to be a lot of play action, and then now you take some shots downfield. So that, that I feel confident about, but I want to see him get better. I want to see him nurtured in his offense. I want him to see him take command. And so far, what we heard from about Justin Fields, he's the first guy in, last guy out. He's a guy that, that that's learning this offense inside out, and I think he should be ready to go week one. But the thing is, uh, for me, is like you want to see some victories, right? You don't want to see these guys just continue – play their ass off Sunday after Monday or Thursdays or whatever, and then just lose. So you want to see some big there. You want to see them kind of get rewarded with a bone here and there. So, Hey, you look, look at that. You put your, you busted your ass. You, you, you gave effort. This whole, this whole coaching staff is going to be about effort and it's going to be hard to, to give your full effort if you're getting your, your ass beat every Sunday. So I think that's why wins are important. Now, they don't have to go you know 10 and seven or 11 and six or whatever. I'm just saying that they, they have to show some progress with victories you know, at least, you know, you want to go yeah. three and, you know, 14, for example, and just say, you know, we were competitive because, you know, in NFL, there are no moral victories, right? We, you know, we guys know, it's, especially with this team, they're going to be asking these guys to run and run and run and just hustle, hustle, hustle. So, you know, it gets a little harder when, when you're not seeing the results there as well. So, you know, that, that's the thing I, where, I, where I agree with you, Haldo, which I want to see young guys get developed, but I also want to see some victories here to give these guys some motivation. Yeah. yeah, and and uh, real quick, Aldo, I, I I see exactly where you're coming from, but I think that if you see that progress, then there th- this schedule isn't that hard. So there's going to be a lot of fringe games. So if he is showing progress, that should translate into wins. Because I don't see too many. I don't see too many games on here where I'm gonna. Th- I think they're gonna get their blor- their doors blown off. I mean, there's there's games where I think they're pr- we're gonna lose, but I don't think there's gonna be any games where they're just gonna get absolutely. They're, too many games where they get steamrolled. So if he is showing progress, that should translate into some uh, into some wins. So if they if they end up going, you know, I uh, well, I, I keep getting get the sixteen. There's seventeen games. So if they go like four and thirteen, then uh, how much progress was made if they're if they're losing those games? But if they're right. able to, if they're having a strong eight and uh, you know seven and ten or eight and nine or nine and eight, then I, they're 
with that, there has to be some progress with Justin Fields. I don't know if you can have one without the other because I don't see another you know 2018 defense where they're just going to carry the team to victory. I think they're, if they're, they're going to win seven, eight, nine games, it's because Justin Fields made a really big leap. And so and he was able to carry them to a couple of victories. So I completely see where you're coming from. I just don't think that you can have one without at least a hint of the other. Where yeah. if he shows that progression, it has to kind of translate into uh, into some wins. I do think that this uh, there's the possibility that this could be a really streaky season, or they will win mm-hmm. two in a row, but then lose three in a row, yeah. or win two in a row, and then lose two. My three schedule is like that. Although my my parents, yeah. I like uh, two losses, Same. four wins. Three losses, four wins, three lo- with three wins in a row, three losses in a row, and then two wins. It's, it's like all streaks. There is no like yep. you know win loss, win loss, win loss. Yeah, right. So, um, I, I, you know, trust me, nobody really cares what I think their one loss record is going to be. I just want the season to start already. Yeah. I want the warm weather first, but uh, let's let's get to some football. And John, I know you uh, before fifty five will be back pretty soon, right? Oh man, I can't wait. We're gonna start. We're gonna start Buffon fifty five back up next month. Whenever some of the uh, the OTAs and some of the guys are reporting, and then and, uh, we're we're gonna start this back up in June. We're gonna go uh, maybe every other week or maybe once a month until August, and then we're back in the swing of things every friggin' week. You're gonna hear from me. So I hope you enjoyed your time off from Buffon on the Barroom Network because I'm coming back and I'm coming back yelling. And if the Bears are losing, I'm gonna be yelling even more. And if they're winning, I'm gonna be yelling even more. So just get used to it because I'm. I'm back on the barroom. I'm so excited to be back, uh, not just, you know, talking bears, but to be back with some of my good friends here. Danny, I, you have you have more knowledge in your head than I can even begin to think about. Like, no, I, I don't you. I don't know how you I don't know how you get all that knowledge in there without it exploding. So I appreciate you being <laughs> on breaking down some of these games because uh, I, I just love talking bears. I don't care if it's May, April, June, February. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just love talking the bears and i'm back here and i and i can't wait to to get that sixth season underway but phone 55 uh we're gonna we're gonna be back on wednesdays uh same time same place uh, i'm excited although i'm sure there's a lot more going on in the barroom network so you're gonna give me you know an entire you know segment to talk about before 55 so what else do we got going on with the barroom well, I think that Danny Shimon is going to be joining us on Bear Football. So right after the games, we'll have Danny's expertise and evaluating what just happened. And uh, John and I are planning something totally different with uh, our hit show last year, the Bear Debate, uh, where John and Tyler went off every week. We're going to do something where we're going to have guest debaters uh, from all over, whether it's guys uh, who are bar flies or other podcasters or uh, uh, beat writers and so forth. We're going to be, we've compiled a nice list of people. We'll be sending invitations out soon. And so it'll be a a real debate in terms of uh, people from outside the bar room going against each other. So that's going to be a fun thing. And then we're also planning some more surprises with our Bears coverage. And uh, trust me, we will have new, fresh programming every day of the week, every day of the work week, uh, this upcoming Chicago Bears season. And I don't know anybody going up against John debating is, is has a chance to win because of his energy, his passion, and the voice, the volume. <laughs> that's, the the volume, that's the bull level goes up high, and it's like, all right, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. You know? Danny, all I got is this loud voice in my neck veins. That's all I got. So I got. Yeah, that's, that's intimidating, man. You know, some people are like, I gotta utilize them. I got. I gotta be angry. I gotta peacock around because half the time I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I gotta. I gotta. It's all about. 
making it look like you know what you're talking about. And, and right before before we before we sign off, thanks to everybody who said it was nice to see me again. I, I can't believe people actually care what the hell I'm saying. So this is this is incredible to see some of these people that are excited to hear me uh, on, on this show. So thank you so much. I can't believe that people actually listen to this. <laughs> it's, it's still I've been doing it for six years. It still baffles me that people actually listen to me. So I I do I do appreciate that. And then Aldo, be careful how you say guest debater because you got to say it real slow. You know what I kind of. Trust you know me. What? We're, we're live now. We're, we're gonna, we gotta be, gotta be careful. I can practice. <laughs> but great, uh, great to talk football with you guys. I can't wait to have Tyler back uh, with us, and uh, we'll uh, be talking football. Uh, you know, a lot during the off season. I got uh, in communication with Greg Gabriel. He and I are going to do a show next week. He, uh, like uh, uh, Danny said earlier in the show, he had Dante Pettis rated as the number four overall wide receiver when he came out of college. And so he's make, been making calls to find out what it, what happened to this guy. This guy was so yeah. promising. So it was just his injuries. It's injuries and inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's games where you, you I'm sorry to cut you off here, but no, no. You know, there, there's games where we was with the 49 You see him whether it's a punt return for a touchdown, you see him making a long play downfield, you know, because the guy has got four, four speed. He can stretch that. He can stretch the field. Uh, but this, you know, then he'd have a pulled hamstring or, 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 or a knee tweak or something like that. And it just, he was off for, you know, you know two or three games. And then obviously that new now just kind of got tired of waiting for him. And then they got the brought in guys like Debo Samuel, some of the, you know, uh, Brendan Ayuk, and they kind of replaced them in, in the lineup. So again, the last year, last week of the giants, last year, the giants, I think he had like 10 catches. I don't know how much were the yardage and like a couple touchdowns. But again, he got hurt and he was out for the rest of the season. So uh talented kid is just kind of keep him keeping him, you know, on the field and keep him healthy is 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 you know what what's the the thing with him. So what what's the thing that John Fox always says? The best ability is availability. So mm-hmm. that's been that's been Dante Pettis' uh, issue so far. One of the few things I agreed with John Fox about. By the so, way, uh any of you guys noticed a little thumbs up down on the lower left hand of your screen there? I did. I it's do a, see that. It's a subliminal message for everyone to hit that like button, leave a comment, subscribe to the Barroom Network, and tell other Bears fans about what we're doing here at the Barroom Network. We uh, would love to uh, share what we're doing with more and more people. But all of you guys that were here live uh, in the chat and interacting with us, really, really had fun uh, interacting oh, with yeah. you guys while listening to Danny and John. Uh, you guys are the best. Hold yeah, on. The best. Hold on, real quick. Is it really subliminal if you have to tell people about it? <laughs> it's more look at the subliminal message we're overtly putting in the corner and let me explain the subliminal <laughs> message the only, the only thing missing was a subliminal arrow pointing at it <laughs> this, is saying, this, this is a subliminal message with an arrow pointing to it. Uh, and did you catch my errors on the uh, on the graphics uh, I, I left Matt Ryan out of the key losses for the Falcons you know <laughs> It's only quarterback. Hey, you put those together so fast, I can't believe there weren't more on there. So props <laughs> to you for putting those Thank things you. together, man. Thank yeah. you. Good All job. Right. Uh, John, I'll let you close the show, brother. And once again, appreciate everybody who was listening and watching this, whether you're watching the live version or listening to the live version or you're listening to the podcast version or you're watching this on YouTube. Thank you for each and every one of you for t- uh, paying attention to us. I can't tell you how much it means to me personally. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, whether it's your first time or 55th time, we we appreciate you. So that will do it for Aldo Gandia and Danny Shimon. I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next time on the Barroom Network. Bye, everyone.